Welcome to a sp very special co-working. I'm your host, Fanny, and this is my guest, Stacy. Maybe you want to briefly introduce you, your space, uh, where you're best in and... Yeah, sure. So I'm Stacey Shepherd, and I run a co-working space in rural Devon in the UK in Totnes. Um, and it's called The Tribe and it's for female entrepreneurs. Thank you. So uh, Stacey and I met on an app specific for our podcasting. And I was very happy to find people uh, about co-working because most people apparently on podcast are about, we were talking business and self-development and in the US. So the US is pretty big and uh, we're two European girls, so uh, mm -hmm. it's good. And um, so we're here to talk about how a co-working can this can be made special and uh, how you, Stacey, made your space special because uh, we talked about it before, uh, it's a very, very, very small space. So <laughs> how small is it and why is that? Uh, it's about 45 square meters, <laughs> which um, I'm in a lot of co-working space forums on Facebook and various groups on LinkedIn. And a lot of people talk about their small co-working space being like 1500 square foot, which is obviously massive compared to my space. Um, but when I decided to open my co-working space, I really, it was an intention to make it really small. Um, I've worked in co-working spaces before and I, I actually found the size of some of them to be a little bit intimidating. And I found it difficult to connect with other people in the space when it was so big. Mm. It was a bit like walking into a really empty bus. And if you see one person sitting in a, in a you know, open area of the bus, you don't go and sit right next to them. Uh, you have to sit. Actually, like it has happened room. to me. It oh, was no. a very weird experience. Very I was weird. like, <sighs> yeah. So when I'd walked into a co-working space, I would never go and sit right next to someone else in the space. I'd always like sit at an appropriate distance away from them. Um, and then I found it really difficult to start those conversations naturally and organically and to make those connections. And I actually, I found myself to feel a little bit more lonely than I felt when I was working from home because there were all these people around me that I could connect with, but I just wasn't able to, to make that initial step to actually approach them and start those conversations. So when it came to opening my own space, I thought, hmm, if I make it a really small space where there aren't very many desks and people have to sit next to each other, those conversations will just have to happen because you can't sit right next to someone and not actually engage with like them. Like a very small bus where yeah. you have actually to sit next to yeah, the other there's person. no empty tables or like only <laughs> one empty table. So yeah, you have to sit next to someone and actually start those conversations and talk because it would the opposite end of the scale. It would be very weird to sit in a room with four other people all day and not talk to any of them. Mm -hmm. um, so so yeah. that was really the motivation you had when you uh, started uh, your own space. But having the motivation and actually doing it are two completely separating what was the trigger yeah. that made you actually start so I learned about co-working I think it must have been mm. back in 2009 and as soon as I heard about it I thought this is the future of work it just blew my mind that we could work in this way um, then I obviously tried it got a bit disappointed with it and forgot about mm. it for a few years 
And I'd always wanted working for myself. I wanted to work for myself and I'd spent ages being employed. And I finally, I was going to be made redundant actually, which was the catalyst to working for myself. Um, and I was so excited because I thought this had been the dream for so many years was to work from home alone, no office politics, no annoying colleagues, just me. Is that uh, something that was during the lockdowns as well? or uh, was So this happened slightly before lockdown. So this happened in just at the end of 2018. Um, and I'd been working for myself at home for about nine months. So I've got another job as well as running my co-working space. Mm -hmm. I'm an interior design writer and blogger. Um, and so I'd, I'd dreamt of doing this at home alone. And very quickly, I think it only took about six to eight months before I realized that, wow, this is really lonely. And I was doing the school run, just, you know, having a quick hello to other mums in the playground, going home, working, doing the school run again, coming home and not mm -hmm. really having any of those creative conversations that I used to have, not having any interaction with anyone other than emails. Um, and I quickly realized, like so many of us did, in the you know the pandemic realized that working from home can be isolating oh, totally. um, i think that anybody during the pandemic or before when they started doing re working remotely maybe it was something they really wanted before the pandemic it was because you wanted it because yeah. there was no other people they didn't know what remote work was yeah. so it was because you really wanted it so you were very happy just like you said to be at home to not have the commute anymore i can yeah. sleep longer things like that yeah. and then like as you said as the month passes you see that something might be missing yeah, yeah and especially for mm. me working in a creative industry i just needed mm -hmm. that interaction with other creatives to spark those ideas and to help me innovate and It just, it wasn't everything that I imagined it to be. And I was getting some business coaching at the time um, about how to, to grow my business or how to, you know, take it in a new direction. And the business coach said to me, what do you really want to do? And I went home and pondered that question. And I was like, I want to set up a co-working space. And because I work in the design industry, I had, I'd watched the huge growth of design-led co-working spaces like WeWork. Um, and then I'd seen these female only co-working spaces cropping up in big cities like London and New York. And when I saw that, something really hit home and I just thought I would love to work in a space like that. But living here in rural Devon, there's not going to be anything like that for female entrepreneurs. Like that's something that you're only going to find in big uh, cities. How, how, do you know about how many habitants there are in rural Devon? So um, in Totnes, where, hang on, in Totnes, where I'm based, yeah. I'll just do a quick search. Um, there's not many. Um, 8,000. So, so yeah, it's, it's really small. <laughs> it's really small here. Um, Very and I knew, I, Yeah, and I knew there would never be anything like, you know, the wing. We work. Or, or Hero Hub, or we work here. Um, our nearest city is Exeter, which is like about 40 minutes away, where you can get some more kind of innovative spaces that look a bit more design-led. Mm -hmm. I really thought to myself, if I'm going to leave home where I feel comfortable and I, you know, I've created this nice environment, I want to go somewhere that is going to be just as beautiful but more conducive to work. I don't really want to pay to go to somewhere that isn't going to inspire me. Um, mm -hmm. And then I realized that actually... I have all the skills that I need 
with my interior design background, my, you know, digital, digital marketing background to actually set up a physical space and promote it well. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to do this. This was at the end of 2019. So four months later, I had opened the space and it was going great until oh, fantastic pandemic. And then two months we'd been opened and we had to, we had to shut down. Um, but part of the reason why I wanted to make it for female entrepreneurs was because um, one of the big banks here in the UK, NatWest, had been commissioned by the government to do a study into female entrepreneurship. And they had um, identified barriers that female entrepreneurs um, face in business that, that male entrepreneurs perhaps don't suffer to the same extent and I knew this from my own lived experience it was true for me and I was seeing a lot of female entrepreneurs when I was doing the school run I realized that actually mm -hmm. hang on all of these amazing women are out there running their own businesses I wonder if they feel yeah I wonder if they feel the same way that I do and have the same obstacles that I do and mm -hmm. I started talking to them and realized that yes this this is a universal thing that we're all feeling um, and one of my sort of key skills that I've always mm -hmm. felt that I excel at is getting the right people in the room so at, at that moment I thought right I need a room I need a room a little room <laughs> a and small room where I can there. bring us together yeah mm -hmm. um, and it was interesting to look at those obstacles actually um, which were things like lack of relatable role models sponsors and mentors like just not knowing any other female entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. um obviously child caring responsibilities is a big one um increased awareness of risk so as women you know in business not always willing to take the necessary risks or we just weigh it up a lot more mm -hmm. um, and another one was um a lack of awareness of finance and funding and most of the women that I've spoken to in business over the last sort of almost three years now very unaware of some of the funding opportunities that are out there and I'm always yeah, passing yeah. that information on to my members that there's a grant you could get or there's a you know there's a thing you could apply for to help you access that funding um, so those were one, there's one, no, one other ahead. one yeah which is the um it's the how do they phrase it the perceived perceived skills lack or lack of skills perceived lack of skills so we don't actually lack the skills we just think that we lack the skills to, oh to run that's a big one yeah mm -hmm. yeah so I wanted to really address some of those issues in setting yeah. up this space for for my users and that's the conversation you had uh with your members at the space mm -hmm. until you had to close for the yeah. first lockdown yeah, which was, I mean, that was a dark time. I really, it took a lot of courage because I yeah. also had the perceived skills lack, <laughs> thinking, can oh. I do this? Can I actually set up a bricks and mortar business with a physical premises? I've worked mm -hmm. online for a decade, but can yeah. I do this in an actual building? It was a big step for me. So having to shut down after just two months and not even being able to get into the groove and, and to, you know, to get any traction with that community it was quite a, a dark time knowing whether yeah. or not I could actually get through the lockdown. So we didn't know how long it was going to be that first one, did we? We just, we had no idea. We just didn't know anything. <laughs> yeah, there were so many reports in the newspapers as well about the death of co-working, which were petrifying. Was like, <laughs> we can no longer do this, work in a giant open space with strangers. Are you mad? 
And then what happened after the first lockdowns? Were you able to open again until, uh, with uh, conditions or? Well, initially, um, because I, I've got two small children and I was obviously homeschooling them, so I couldn't open straight away um, as soon as I would have liked to because I had to stay at home and look after the children. Uh, that must have um, been something so that, else too. Yeah, that was, that was difficult. Mm. Um, and then as soon as we could open, obviously not as many people came back as I was hoping would come back because there was still that fear around being in a room, a small room now with strangers. Um, so it took a while to get people to a position where they were feeling uh, safe you enough. have to wear the mask to open the windows or? Yeah, we had the windows open. I separated the desks. I did have the desks sort of all pushed together so that people could collaboratively work or like, you know, really connect. So everything was like, you know, you face that wall, you can face that wall. It was Each a, it was, corner. Yeah. So it was a, a little bit less sort of communal but collaborations um, yeah. yeah but it, but at least we were able to open um mm -hmm. and then it wasn't until I think it was after the second lockdown actually that I found the energy finally to to pivot a little bit because obviously my strength is digital it is building online communities like my my blog has been an amazing experience for me to build a community online so I knew that I could quickly pivot online and do an online co-working membership but so much so much of me didn't want to because the whole reason that I'd set up mm. this space in person was because I got a little bit sick of working alone online um, but I knew that it was what my members wanted because so many of them were now at home trying mm. to not only run a business but make sure that it survived in all that uncertainty and they wanted to connect with other people yeah, in the same situation. They yearned for connection and they could yeah. not get there physically. So they wanted at least something, something. Yeah. So luckily, one of the ladies that I'd met through my co-working space, um, Claire Collis, she was an amazing woman who's a digital education specialist. So she knew exactly how to set up an online community. And she helped me with like what platform to choose and helped me to make it the minimum viable product that we needed to give our members what they they wanted in a way that was like cost effective for for me easy to run while still having to do the the childcare juggle and that's and, amazing like and, you and have just the members you needed yeah mm -hmm. yeah it's quite it's quite magical actually working in a tiny space the amount of amazing connections that come in someone will tell me oh i wish i knew someone who does this and then like within a week that person will walk through the door and be like hi i'm new i do this <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one you've been looking yeah. for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So around the second lockdown, you kind of opened, you had a few people, way less, that came back. Uh, mm -hmm. how, how many was that? Because you're already small to begin with, so it was... Yeah, so it's probably, probably about a third to a half of the people actually came back initially. Mm -hmm. um, and then... And how many people is that? I, I tried uh, to picture the room. Oh well, we've only got, we've only got eight desks, so yeah, so maybe like three three people a day were coming back instead of like you know having having the room almost full. Um, but what was and really then you had that uh, online community. Yeah, yeah. So we ran that until after the final lockdown, and by that time, mm -hmm. we were getting a clear message from our members that they were done with online. Like they just wanted to get back to in person stuff. They wanted to come back. We would be office. back. Yeah, yeah. 
So um, we decided not to run that um, again, just because there, there was no interest from our community in that at that time. It's not to say that we won't ever do it again, but for the moment or at that time, people just wanted to get back out in person. Mm -hmm. Um, but what was really interesting that I found, because I, as soon as I opened, I knew that we were going to really struggle in summer holidays because a lot of our members that come in are parents, are yes. mums, and they were doing the childcare over the summer. So I was thinking, right, I'm going to have to be really creative here. I'm going to have to think of how we can use the space that's not just hot desking. Can we run some events? Can we rent it out? What can we do? to fill that kind of void that we're going to have over yeah. the summer but actually after the pandemic because home working was such a huge thing now I had a lot of tourists actually that were coming down here on holiday because obviously Devon is a very big sort of holiday spot in the UK um, a lot of people coming here on holiday they weren't taking annual leave for their holiday they were just working here finishing maybe three. yeah and then going and spending the time with their family so I wasn't expecting that at all after the the third lockdown or however lost count family so lockdowns we had now <laughs> but yeah we had a lot of tourists that came down over the summer yeah, yeah. wow interesting so because you're in a touristic spot you can account for those people so your regular members did not show up so much during the summer but you yeah. had some uh, additional surprise members yeah and we've had a few of them who've uh, been back two years in a row now and they've said well now that our companies allow us to do this hybrid working this yeah. is just what we're going to do now we're going to spend our summer down in Devon like they have family maybe who live around here or friends they're visiting uh -huh. come down here and then we can carry on working and I mean normally they're not my ideal client they're not the people that I'm trying to attract because I want to build I'm building a community here so people who just come mm -hmm. once a year aren't my ideal clients but given the fact that my ideal clients aren't going to show up in the school holidays you know you can have different yeah. ideal clients like exactly. one's a regular one and the vacation one exactly <laughs> it's just not something that I foresaw when I opened it was just a com yeah. complete surprise uh, another yeah. surprise just yeah, and it's person in happy... it coming in the door. Yeah, yeah, and it's just it's just a happy sort of coincidence that the pandemic yeah. brought about with yeah. this new model of working that we're now living true, with. True, true. And you were saying that you meant to uh, create a space for women who were entrepreneurs. Mm. And I remember, uh, so that's your typical members. But mm. I remember we talk about uh, you're not close to men. If a man wants to come in the co-working space, he can he can join. So we don't accept um, mem like well we don't have a membership as such. It's mostly run on day passes. Um, but I refer to members as just like our community members as yes. more of a general term. Um, so I'm obviously I'm not trying to attract. Um, men to come into the co-working space because what we're trying to do is specifically mm -hmm. aimed to help women overcome those barriers that have been identified mm -hmm. yes. um, but I'm not trying to you know exclude anybody at all so we have had men coming in working here but what I found is that um, the men that ask me if they can come and work here they are looking for a desk and that's it they just want somewhere to work for the day they're not interested in being part of our community helping us solve our issues or overcome any of those barriers so they're they're not my ideal clients um, mm -hmm. but but like I say I'm not trying to exclude anyone but we're not trying to offer services that you know 
that that men that are aimed at men, the like. men. Yeah. like you have your idea clients and they're female entrepreneurs and moms if i understand well yeah yeah and we've also got now a lot of employees that come and work here because they are working from home most of the time now so yeah. more and more i'm being contacted by women who are saying to me look i'm not an entrepreneur i'm actually employed mm -hmm. in this organization but I work from home, you know, and only go into the office one day mm -hmm. a month and I'm really lonely. Can you help me? <laughs> so, yeah, we're not we're not um, we're not close to employees either. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when you have those different type of people come in, is it the mm -hmm. same energy? Is it are there the same conversation you're having or does it change the atmosphere? Uh, when we've had men in the space, it has definitely changed the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. um, I think. What I wanted to do by opening this space was to really create a safe environment for women to discuss the obstacles that they have, like what are they struggling with in their business. And I've definitely felt that those conversations are a lot less prominent when we have men in the room. And I think women are just a little bit less likely to open up and be vulnerable mm with their business struggles when there are men in the room and it, it doesn't feel like they're able to have those those same conversations and I'm not saying that's like the fault of the men it's just you know it just it just changes something in the yeah, room it's just, a different dynamic yes it is yeah 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 but I think those conversations mm -hmm. are really important and I think yeah you, you don't have those conversations when you're working for yourself by yourself at home no matter how many other female entrepreneurs that you know I, I don't know it just feels like you need a container to have those conversations and to to admit that you're feeling that way or that you're struggling with that there, that there are things that happen when you face to face physically yeah uh, that don't happen like I love talking with you right now it, it's really great and uh and I'm really grateful and really happy for this. But I know it is different if we're face to face and in a room uh, every day or every other day. And we can just chit chat and sometimes yeah. just something, you know, uh, get to the surface, which yeah. you did not plan, but and it leads to something else. And uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. It might just mm -hmm. be that, you know, you're sitting in a co-working space together and you get an email and it might be, um, I don't know, you're trying to negotiate something with a client and mm -hmm. you're really struggling with it. And if there's someone sitting right there, you could just say, oh, this is this is annoying. I'm really struggling with this. And then the other person might be like, oh, I have this problem too. But I found that if I use different language or if I try to adjust the tone of my voice in my emails, you know, those kind of conversations, yeah. that it might be something that the majority of us suffer with but when you're at home alone you're not going to email a friend and, and have that discussion or phone that friend or whatsapp that friend necessarily but if it's happening right now you might you know yeah. open up to the person sitting next to you and then they can help you in that way mm, that's great that's great and so you are eight still now it's the same mm -hmm. number as you started do you yeah. plan to increase or to do another space or yeah, initially I wanted to get a bigger space, but all the worries really? that I had about getting a bigger space initially are still there. And I, I think it would massively change the dynamic. I think a lot of the people who come here like the fact that it's so small. They like the fact that they can so easily meet people, connect with people. So many of them have collaborated with each other. 
Um, and I think a lot of that is down to the small size of the space. So if I was going to get a bigger space, I think a lot of that might, I'd have to work really hard to, to retain that. It would, mm -hmm. it would be different. Um, but what I would really like to do is have more spaces around the UK, particularly in rural areas that are tiny, because I think, I don't know, women just seem to feel safe coming into these tiny spaces that are designed yeah, with yeah. them in mind. I've spoken to so many women about the organizations that are available out there offering free training with this, free advice on that. Mm -hmm. You can get one-to-one -one help with this, you know, expert access here. And they, they don't know about half of what's available to them wow. and they're not going to you know the business meetings or the business presentations that are out there and available to them and yeah. I just think there's there's something about feeling whether or not we belong there or I don't know it's, it's just there's something very different about going to a space you know that you're meant to be in rather than a yeah. space where you feel like maybe you don't belong here and sounds it's rain around because you're already saying you're eight and it works perfectly. If you were 16 or something like that, it would be a different energy, a different atmosphere. Yeah. So I, uh, I think you could totally make it work. There's definitely bigger co-working spaces out there that are making it work. And I think the design of the space has mm. to work really hard for you. So I think if I was going to go for a bigger space, I would definitely really focus on maybe carving up some of those spaces to force that intimacy a little bit more and to make those connections a little bit easier, I think. What I'm thinking is that there might be a demand for very small spaces, you know, yeah. just people who wants to be in a room, they know they're going to be eight and that's it. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's worked really well for my, for my community. I think for women in particular, it just feels, it just feels very safe. It feels very homely. Yeah. It, it doesn't feel threatening at all. And yeah, it, it's worked well so far. Yeah, that sounds that sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. Is there anything you would like to add for to our conversation? Um, no, I think I think co-working's got a really really bright future, and I think now that we've come out of this pandemic, we've got a real opportunity to adjust our approach. And as long as we can keep pace with what workers are wanting now and the way that the work the world of work is changing the way that this hybrid model is developing I think there's such an opportunity for us here to capitalize on on this and to make you know workplaces so much more appealing and we've got a real you know opportunity to compete with the corporate offices so I think it's a really exciting time for co-working yeah 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 I just I just check uh, the comments a second and this uh this one from Ricard uh, saying that uh, it's something to think about for bigger spaces too. Mm -hmm. So there's surely uh, a space for everyone, like a demand for absolutely. everyone and yeah. uh, lessons to uh, be taken from smaller spaces and from bigger spaces too. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, awesome. Uh, if we want to know more about the tribe and want to keep up with you, uh, where can we find you? Um, so mostly I'll be hanging out on Instagram and the Instagram handle is at the tribe co-works. Yeah, we'll uh, put that in the comment after so they can uh, check that out. Yeah, it's the okay. same handle on Twitter and also you can find us on Facebook. But yeah. That's smart. Yeah. <laughs> That's smart. <laughs> Keeps the same everywhere so it's simple. Mm. Yeah. 
Well, Stacy, thank you so much for the conversation. It was great, great to hear from a rural small working space and uh, from uh, your will to build a homely, comfy uh, desk. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much for inviting me on. You're very welcome. And uh, for others, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. If you have any questions, I'll be hanging out on LinkedIn. So uh, drop the comment and uh, see you soon. Bye. Thank you. Bye.